Hello, this is Jeff Barnum reading the Supreme Court opinion syllabus in Wilkins et al. versus United States. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit. Argued November 30th, 2022. Decided March 28th, 2023. Petitioners Larry Stephen Wilkins and Jane Stanton own properties in rural Montana that border a road for which the United States has held an easement since 1962. The government claims that the easement includes public access, which petitioners dispute. In 2018, petitioners sued the government under the Quiet Title Act, which allows challenges to the United States' rights in real property. The government moved to dismiss on the ground that petitioner's claim is barred by the Act's 12-year time bar, 28 United States Code, Section 2409A, subparagraph G. Petitioners countered that that subsection's time limit is a non-jurisdictional claims processing rule. The district court agreed with the government and dismissed the case for lack of subject matter jurisdiction. The Ninth Circuit held that that particular subsection had already been interpreted as jurisdictional in Block v. North Dakota, XREL Board of University and School Lands, and affirmed. Held, Section 2409, small a, subparagraph G, is a non-jurisdictional claims processing rule. Jurisdiction is a word of many meanings. This court has emphasized the distinction between the classes of cases a court may entertain subject matter jurisdiction, and non-jurisdictional claim processing rules which seek to promote orderly progress of litigation by requiring that the parties take certain procedural steps at certain specified times. Non-jurisdictional claim processing rules generally include a range of threshold requirements that claimants must complete or exhaust before filing a lawsuit. Jurisdictional bars, which may be raised by any party at any time during the proceedings and which are required to be raised by a court sua sponte, run the risk of disrupting the orderly progress of litigation that procedural rules often seek to promote. Given the risk of disruption and waste that accompanies the jurisdictional label, a procedural requirement will be construed as jurisdictional only if Congress clearly states that it is. To determine whether the statutory text plainly shows that Congress imbued a procedural bar with jurisdictional consequences, courts apply traditional tools of statutory construction. Section 2409A, subparagraph G, lacks a jurisdictional clear statement, and nothing about the statutory text or its context gives reason to depart from this court's observation that most time bars are non-jurisdictional. Section 2409A, subparagraph G, states that an action shall be barred unless it is commenced within 12 years of the date upon which it accrued. This text speaks only to a claim's timeliness, and its mundane statute of limitations language says only what every time bar, by definition, must that after a certain time a claim is barred. Further, this court has often explained that Congress's separation of a filing deadline from a jurisdictional grant indicates that the time bar is not jurisdictional. Here, the Quiet Title Act's jurisdictional grant is in Section 1346, Paragraph F, 
well afield of Section 2409A, subparagraph G, and nothing in Section 1346, subparagraph F, conditions the jurisdictional grant on the limitations period in Section 2409A, or otherwise links these separate provisions. None of the three decisions of this court on which the government relies, Block, United States v. Motaz, and United States v. Beggarly, definitively interpreted Section 2409A, subparagraph G, as jurisdictional. This court has made clear that it will not undo a definitive earlier interpretation of a statutory provision as jurisdictional without due regard for the principles of stare decisis. Yet the mere fact that this court previously described something as jurisdictional is not dispositive, as courts, including this court's, have more than occasionally misused the term jurisdictional to refer to non-jurisdictional prescriptions. To separate definitive interpretations of jurisdiction from those in which the term jurisdictional has been used imprecisely, the court asks if a prior decision addressed whether a provision is technically jurisdictional, i.e. whether it truly operates as a limit on a court's subject matter jurisdiction, and whether anything in the decision turned on that characterization. A decision that simply states the court is dismissing for lack of jurisdiction when some threshold fact has not been established is understood as a drive-by jurisdictional ruling and receives no precedential effect. Block is a textbook drive-by jurisdictional ruling. The government points to a statement in that opinion's conclusion that if the Quiet Titles Act time limit applied, the courts below had no jurisdiction to inquire into the merits. Yet there is no discussion in Block about whether the provision is technically jurisdictional, just a mere statement that a threshold fact must be established for there to be jurisdiction. While Block did describe the Act's time limit as a condition on the waiver of sovereign immunity, Block never addressed whether the Act's time limit was truly a limit on subject matter jurisdiction, nor did anything in the case turn on this question. Contrary to the government's contentions, even in that era, time limits in suits against the government were not necessarily subject matter jurisdictional under this court's case law. Like Block, Motaz contains no discussion of whether the Quiet Title Act's 12-year time bar was technically jurisdictional. Instead, the court decided which of two possible time bars applied and, having determined it was the Quiet Title Act's 12-year limit, concluded that the plaintiff had notice over 12 years before she sued. Neither step in the court's analysis turned on whether any time limits were technically jurisdictional. Once again, General statements in the opinion about waivers of immunity cannot change this basic fact. Finally, in Beggarly, the court carefully analyzed whether the text and context of Section 2409A, subparagraph G, were consistent with equitable tolling. This would have been a mere waste of words if the court had already held in Block and Motaz that that section was jurisdictional. These three cases point in one direction. This court has never definitively interpreted Section 2409A subparagraph G as jurisdictional. The government's argument about legislative acquiescence is unavailing 
given the absence of any definitive judicial interpretation to which Congress could acquiesce. Reversed and remanded. Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion of the court, in which Justices Kagan, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Barrett, and Jackson joined. Justice Thomas filed a dissenting opinion, in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justice Alito joined. Thank you for listening. If you wish to communicate with the podcast, please email us at scotusdecisions at gmail.com. That's scotusdecisions with an S at gmail.com.